No, I said too loudly. I mean, you have to drive Aunt Grace and the twins to church. How will they get there if you don't go? His gray eyes seemed to look right through me. He dropped his hand to his side. What are you riding? He asked suddenly, his voice now all hearty and cheerful. He reached for the crumpled paper on my desk. I grabbed it and stuck it in my pocket. A fan letter? To James Dean. James Dean is dead, Uncle Ted said, frowning. He's been dead for almost a year. But he still gets more fan mail than any other star in Hollywood. That doesn't make any sense. Why are you writing a letter to a dead person? Why was I writing a letter to my mother? Writing to a dead actor made just as much sense. Because he's my favorite star, I said. But- Ted? Aunt Grace's voice was sharp under my window. We'll be late for church. Uncle Ted walked over to the window and waved. Be right down, hon. Just checking on Sylvie. You better go, I said. I put my hand against my stomach, as if it hurt. I'm just going to lie down and rest. I hope you feel better. Remember, Uncle Ted's famous barbecued hamburgers when we get back. I made a face, like the thought of eating made me sick. Gee, I don't know. Here, come on, I'll tuck you into bed. Uncle Ted took my arm and pushed me toward the bed. I can get into bed myself, I said. I'm not a baby anymore. You certainly aren't he muttered. Ted! I dived into bed and pulled the sheet up to my chin. Coming, Grace, he yelled. He leaned over me. A little goodbye kiss for Uncle Ted, he asked teasingly. I turned my head away. I might be catching, I said, and then groaned like I was in pain. He brushed my ear with his lips and patted my hip. See you later. I pulled my knees up to my chest and mumbled goodbye into the pillow. I didn't relax until I heard the front door slam. Even though I was nearly sweating to death under the covers in my flannel bathrobe, I didn't move a muscle until I heard the Chevrolet pull out of the driveway, break, and squeal off down the block. I breathed out with a whoosh. I felt like I'd been holding my breath for the last five minutes. And even if I hadn't actually been holding it in my chest, I was holding it in my head. I threw the covers off, jumped out of bed, and untied the cord of the bathrobe. I was dripping with sweat. I wiped my face and neck on one sleeve, then threw the robe on the floor and kicked it under the bed. Hollywood is warm and sunny. I'd never need flannel bathrobes there. Not to keep out the cold, and not to protect me from uncles, either. Uncle Ted and Aunt Grace aren't my real aunt and uncle, of course. They just told me to call them that because Mr. and Mrs. Tyson sounded too formal when I was going to be part of their family, just like their daughter. I figured I had about an hour and a half before they came back from church. I wished I could take a nice, cool shower, but there wasn't time. Everything had to be packed, and my hat box and suitcase had to be hidden 
before they got back from church. Church. That was a laugh. Uncle Ted going to church and singing the hymns and praying to God and looking all Christian and holy five minutes after trying to tuck me into bed. What if they knew what he was really like? What if Aunt Grace knew? I bet she'd drop dead right in the middle of her paint-by-numbers oil picture of the Last Supper. But maybe she wouldn't. Maybe she'd look straight at me and say, Sylvie, you must be imagining things. That's what had happened the first time, when I was 12. It's a misunderstanding, Mr. Framer had told the social worker, holding his hands spread out wide, as if to show her he had nothing to hide. It must be some sort of misunderstanding. The child has such a vivid imagination, Mrs. Framer said. You know how she's...